Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. Uh, I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and I'd like to thank God for this glorious opportunity. I'd like to thank the many volunteers who have made this possible. I'd like to begin with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we ask you to bless us that uh, as we visit today, that we'll have your spirit with us, that we'll say the things that are in our heart, and be able to share a wonderful message with the many people who will listen, and that hearts will be touched and softened. We're grateful for all our many blessings and for the sa- Jesus in our life, and we pray he'll, he'll bless us as we spend this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. We're grateful to have today with us Elaine, who has um, been a member of the church, for, was a member of the LDS Church for over 50 years. She was uh, born in the covenant, and she, after waiting for her high school sweetheart on his mission, was married in the Salt Lake Temple. He eventually became a bishop, and she's the, uh, and they have seven children. She was always involved in music, serving in many callings, including choir director and pianist, cultural refinement teacher. She was a gospel doctrine teacher and directed many stake productions. Welcome, Elaine, to our show, and uh, appreciate having you here, being willing to share your story with us. My pleasure, Earl. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, How was it being a bishop's wife? Having been a bishop, I kind of know a little bit, but how, how is it to been a bishop's wife? Well, not much different. No? Not really, than no. normal. Yeah? Marriage. Active in the church for all those years? Yes, uh-huh. Okay. And are you, uh, did you consider yourself a pretty normal LDS family those many um, years? Well, that's a wide range of opinion. Um, I think so. I, I mean, just... We were just ordinary people, very and ordinary family people. Family home evenings and trips to Well, the no, we didn't have family home evenings. Oh, okay. We didn't. Okay. We were kind of uh, negligent in that area. Uh-huh. Okay, did you um, spend much time, um, I mean, you s- all the children were active in their youth and teens? and. Well, I think a lot of that is because uh, parents made them attend church, but yeah. some, some were more willing than others. The, the boys were quite rebellious, and as soon as they were too big to force to go to church, they put their foot down and didn't go at all. Really? Yeah. And how did that make you feel? Well, <laughs> I don't know how I felt. I guess I was kind of felt like people were judging us yeah. because I was an inadequate mother, or I didn't control my children enough to make them do what was expected. Oh. But I don't know. Yeah. We got through it. Yeah. <laughs> And as the time your husband again was serving as bishop, that was uh, was were the children young and left you alone um, some with with that or? Well, yeah, I think my oldest was twelve, mm-hmm. and and then my last child was born when he was a bishop. I see. So uh, I had 
kind of a wide range of ages there that I had to deal with, rebellious teenagers and yeah. and little ones that I could control. And <laughs> okay. Now, you served as a gospel doctrine teacher. Did you teach uh -huh. uh, Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants? Did you? You know, it's funny. I can hardly remember a thing. We had a manual. I prepared the lesson. I presented it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember much else. What, what, you know, we go through the, or the LDS go through the, each of the standard works once oh, yeah. every four years. And so do you remember teaching any of the Bible? Well, Testament, very Testament? little Bible, very, very little little. Bible. It was more um, topical mm -hmm. and pulled heavily from the Mormon scriptures, not the Bible. And did you ever run across any things that you had a question about as you studied and were any little things that question or you question oh yeah oh yeah and I would take my questions uh, I would ask my husband one of the great scriptures out of the Bible is from Isaiah when it talks about for unto us a child is given unto us a son is born uh, I says who is that scripture talking about and the government shall be upon his, his shoulders, shoulders and, and his, his name, name shall will be, be called, called Wonderful, Wonderful Counselor, yeah. the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. I says, who is this scripture talking about? And uh, he says, well, it's talking about Jesus. I says, is he the Everlasting Father? Well, and then they gave the little Mormon cliches that, oh, he's the author of our salvation, so that means he's our father. Means he is your father. And I says, that it didn't, it didn't ring true. Yeah. And any other scriptures, any other kinds of things? Um, uh, had you run across like polygamy or? Oh, well, of course, you're always taught that. Yeah. That didn't sit with me at all, of that course. Not something you made to look forward to, to well, my practicing? No, and my mother was uh, actually raised in a small town in southern Utah hmm. where they practiced the United Order. Now, she tells us that she was not from a polygamous family, but there were many in the community. And what a disaster that experiment was. <laughs> so the United Order. It was not a happy experience, mm -hmm. according to my mother. Wow. So. Did you, would you say that you had a testimony of Joseph Smith? I mean, as you finished lessons, would you give a testimony of the lesson? And um, you know, I don't remember doing that. Isn't that awful? Did, did you have a testimony of Joseph Smith, though? Or, no, or I don't think I did. No. Really? No, and I'd taken all of the four years of seminary in high school, and um, for our final, we were asked to bear a tearful testimony to the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon, and I couldn't do it. I was the only one in the class that didn't do it. And, of course, my grade suffered. But really? But that was the way it went. I just thought, I'm not going to stand up and cry and say something I don't feel. So even even as uh, now you were active as a youth as yeah, well, mm -hmm, yeah. but yes. but never had that feeling that the had you read the Book of Mormon? Oh yeah, uh -huh. oh yeah, that was a requirement. And you prayed about it, I and guess. And I prayed about it, and I got no answer. Thank you very much. Oh okay. Hmm. <laughs> All right. So as a Mormon, how though did you feel about Jesus and about the Bible? Um, I I think the Bible was regarded more as a literature book and just a collection of stories it did not have the power that it has today for me for you for me um, Jesus was well we were taught he was our elder spiritual brother right. and you know that really 
diminishes His Majesty. And your <laughs> Isaiah 9 and 6, of oh. course, makes it sound like He is the mighty yeah. God, the everlasting Father. Right. So as a Mormon, you, uh, you felt maybe that the, how did you feel then about Jesus as that he just was our elder brother, or was it? Well, you know, we were always told he died for our sins, but you need to keep yourself perfect and commit, you know, and do your do all of the commandments perfectly, or else you will pay for them. Yeah. And it was it was just an impossible task. You could not live up to what they expected of you. And the Bible, of course, they, they oh. teach that it's only correct as translated properly. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course, yes. Uh -huh. far, yeah. so. And then when you learn to love the Bible and the Word of God, it it is such a liberating, um, enriching, <laughs> or it just makes your whole life purpose, have purpose, and, um, and it just, it takes a whole new light. Well, it sounds like you had some questions, even as a Mormon, about about the religion itself. Was part of that because of doctrine, or the practice, or just what you were feeling at church? All of the above. All of the above, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, your husband, of course, was, again, bishop, but other callings, I'm sure, he was active and uh -huh. had the kids being active, but they kind of rebelled, as you're saying, as, as uh -huh. they got older. Uh -huh. Was that difficult? You had s several sons, I guess. Yeah, I had four sons. Four sons, and they, uh, any of them served missions? Or? Oh, no. No, no, but see, no. that was my fault, according to my bishop, or according to, to my husband. husband. Oh. He said it was my fault that I didn't raise them correctly. And did you feel guilty over that? I or? tried to, but I... You didn't feel guilty, okay. <laughs> I liked... But that was, again, an example to the ward that... Oh yeah, we were a failing. We were a failure because of my inadequacies. Yeah. I'm sure that your husband felt that. <laughs> and bad. he kept reminding uh, me of that. Reminding <laughs> well, I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> So what, beyond, what, what was it then that really pulled you away from the church? Um, well, I was active up till the time I um, filed for divorce. <laughs> and I don't know if you care to share that, but was that pri primarily about the church? Oh, no, there, no, there no. It was a dysfunctional family, and it, okay. was, it was not right, and it was, we were unhappy. No. I was unhappy. Was he was unhappy. Everyone was unhappy. So was it a, an agreeable divorce? Oh, yes. Oh, very, very divorce? uneventful. Very uneventful. So, you know, I didn't leave the church because of that. I kept, I kept serving in all my capacities. Even after the divorce? Oh, yeah. Okay. And, um, but now, without what I guess you're saying is a, a strong testimony you were just going to church to kind of for for the kids or for uh, for friends or culturally you know when you're a mormon you just do things out of habit you just you just where you get in line and you just march along you just endure to the end and it that's what you do <laughs> and what do you think god's thinking of all this and is is he in this at all that kind of you know, you might think he isn't, but I kind of think he is, Earl. I think God takes terrible things that happen in our life, or humdrum things like my life. And works with them. And huh? he works to make us discontented. Why me? Why was I tapped on the shoulder by the Holy Spirit and said, come, I want to show you something different. And when did that happen? Well, and it was a process, Earl. It was, was it? a process. I mean, I, I met my um, current husband after I was 
single for about three years, and I met my husband and um and you were going to church at and that we, time i was going to LDS? my church we'd go to my church together lds ward and then we go to an evening service at his church and, and that was uh, a christian church it was a christian church okay and uh, they had an evening pastor who had he was and i didn't know much about his background but he was a pretty much a broken man he'd just gone through a divorce himself and he was kind of a guest evening pastor and he would stand at the pulpit and preach from the word. He was a broken man. He would sob. And I just, I thought, this man not only knows what he's talking about, he knows who he's talking about. And this is someone I want to know. And That's it was beautiful. my savior. I mean, it was, it was my savior. It was something that was deep inside of me that I wanted. I didn't even know I needed it, and I didn't know I wanted it as much as I did, and it just created a huge hunger in me. Wow. And I've been on a quest <laughs> ever since. One of the things I've always noticed about the church is that they teach in our lesson manuals and so on. They're very topic-driven, and then they just pull scriptures from mm -hmm. different places. Very much. And my experience now in the Christian walk is they go through the Bible, they'll take a few verses, and digest it and understand what it actually means and and the concept you're saying about Jesus is at the forefront oh you can't listen more than 10 minutes 10 words without someone praising God and relating to Jesus yeah and that just talked to you that spoke to oh, you oh absolutely it just it's like missing a home that you didn't know you had <laughs> Do you feel like the blinders came off? Is oh, that? Is yeah, that, I mean, the scales we began to fall. <laughs> we were blind, and now we see. And now see. we see. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, how did your family react to to your going to Christian churches and so on? My children. Yeah, children, and I don't know. Your ex-husband, of course, wasn't in the picture. Well, he but wasn't in the picture. Your current husband was happy about it, but <laughs> yes, your, he chil was. your children, and friends, and leaders of the LDS Church. You know, I had very good friends in my hometown, and they were very supportive. I think they had seen how unhappy they I was. They just wanted you to be happy. And, and yet, actually, I got married and moved away, and that's when I began to become a Christian. So oh. they didn't really see me as a Christian. I see. So it was a, it was a little bit an unusual situation. The, yeah. the, the moving out of town, the divorce, the new marriage, everything kind of happened sequentially. and. They didn't really overlap my own family. I'm not close to them at all. My parents are both deceased. And mm. um, Your children that kind of, did any of the children stay active in the church? Well, my youngest uh, daughter did. Okay. Um, she was very active in her seminary and class. And did she know about your? Oh, yes. She led the way. When she went to the University of Utah, she, um, she went to a Christian church. I guess just to try it, because mom was going to one over here, I'll go to one on campus. And she had a wonderful experience. She was baptized and invited us to the baptism, and she kind of led the way for our family. My. So, so she was the she one was, that really stepped she out. She really stepped out. She's quite the little scholar, and yeah. she just really learned a lot from her past. And some of your pastor. other children have Another daughter has, and, and um, I have a son that lives back east, and he um, he kind of had a manifestation. He went, popped into a church one day, a Christian church, and and he just 
he says, this pastor is speaking directly to my questions in life. I mean, he just sat up boldly in his chair and almost took his breath away. And I thought, oh my goodness, I believe in a God of such surprises. What yeah. a beautiful surprise. And he called me on the phone and he just, you can't believe what happened to me. I mean, it was very dramatic. Well, now, as these children, this special experience, is this something that he had, he probably wouldn't have done if you hadn't gone to the Christian church or the daughter hadn't stepped out? I think, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he would have. I don't think he would have ever even thought about it. But, you know, it was a curiosity. And then, the, and, and God t spoke <laughs> and God to his heart. And God just spoke to his heart. Well, I think there is a difference, and I'm not yeah. sure why, as you say, God does work with us in different ways oh, and yeah. brings us and, and um, maybe has a plan for us, and we don't always see it, but uh, it's sure wonderful. Did you f ever feel, thinking back of your time spent in the church, did you feel abandoned or deceived or betrayed oh. <laughs> disgusted or any of those not abandoned no smothered smothered uh deceived big time okay everything was a deception everything is a deception and it, the more you've learned oh my goodness sakes i know more about the mormon church now than i ever did when i was in it because mormons are told to not question to move forward don't question that's the seeds of apostasy if you question. Why is that? Well, because they have a huge secret. They no. have something to hide. <laughs> and, and so many of them are unwilling to look oh, they're and study. Very, they're, well, they're so afraid that they're going to burn in hell. That's what they're told. If you leave the church, you will burn in hell. Well, gee. <laughs> <laughs> but it just seems like God's trying to reach out to people and, and they're just not listening. Well, I think shows like this and shows like Heart of the Matter are exposing these lies and these deceptions to the public in such a way that people who are willing to just listen for a minute, yeah. sometimes that's all it takes for them to say, wow. Well, I, I relate to what you were saying about um, just hearing things differently and stepping back and just taking a different look. And I know more about Mormonism now than I did for 65 years, and I felt like I was a regular studier and did all the kinds of things, but I didn't know a lot of this stuff. And when I did, I had to deal with it, and had it kind of made me change my whole thought process and step back. And so I, I feel some of that as well. Now, as a Christian, and I, we've, you've already shared, but how do you feel now about Jesus? And oh, my goodness, I can't get enough. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you, you really develop a thirst. And you know, when, he, when Jesus talks about hungering, hungering and thirsting thirst, yeah. after him right. as the shepherd, and you want to follow him, it's, it just, it changes everything from the inside out, everything. Well, you listed, on an occasion, five different problems that you had with Mormonism. One was their edited history. <laughs> and I guess that's uh, what we're really talking about as we know now more about Mormonism than we did as Mormons, but explain that just a little bit. What did you mean by edited history? Well, you get the marketable version, no matter what, whether it's the first vision, Joseph's character, um, events. You get the, what they want you to hear. But then when you get into their, their actual writings, what, 
the things that they have written themselves, you're going, whoa, that's a little bit different than what I've been told. And so, you know, but, you know, I wasn't a huge study. I just kind of took it on face value. Everything I was fed, I just, okay, okay, yeah. And you okay. hear some of this along the way. I'm sure eventually we'll have some converts on in this program who uh -huh. come into the churches later in life, uh -huh. not coming in like we did, and then learning these new things after they've been converted, thinking, well, that's not, the missionaries never taught any yeah, of that stuff tell me about me. that. Uh, <laughs> things about polygamy and, oh, and yeah. for my case the changes that were in the Book of Mormon and oh, some and of the, the temple other. rituals I mean I I was attending the temple for a long enough time to see actual script in the temple change yeah uh, different processes in the temple change but if you say that to someone they'll say that never happened but it did. I lived through some of them. Yeah, I did. I mean, too. I remember. And here's my rebellious spirit coming out. But it's when they put the women under oath to obey their husbands. That did not set with me because I knew men who were not worthy of being followed and obeyed. And it's like, why? Why would God make a woman so subservient to a human? And putting man, man in between you and God. And and now I understand they don't do that. Oh, that's been taken out. I, I think it's been I modified I paid, a little bit. Paid attention toward that. <laughs> We've already talked a little bit about the Bible, but the third one you put in was that they've created a God in man's image. Oh, yes. Yeah. Explain yeah, that a little bit. Well, instead of being... When they read about God in the Bible, I guess, or whomever tells... They can't understand that, that God is bigger than our vocabulary can describe. So they recreate him as a man. Okay, he was a man one time, eons of time ago, and he progressed to becoming a god. That's a, a priesthood calling. <laughs> it's like, you with know. With a lot of wives, too. <laughs> with a lots and lots of wives. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, we can't explain God. Why should we be able to explain God? That's just not our task. Okay. <laughs> one thing that we're always criticized about is why we have to... Uh, I guess the word bash is used to bash the church or, or something. Uh, you mentioned here that, that, they, that they're the only true church and they're the only ones that have the truth. And yet we as Christians are, to, are, are asked why we have to, again, bash the church. What, what's your response to that? Why, why do you feel the need to talk about this, about the church? Well, I don't think it's bashing at all to expose things. Well, I agree with that. It's like when a child comes in and is lying to you as a mother, you say, that's not true. Now let's get to the bottom of the story. Yeah. I mean, that's not bashing your child, that's making them own up to truth. And I think, we're not bashing the Mormon church, we need them to own up to the, what they really believe in, and it is not biblical. Do you think if they knew what, what I think you and I know about the, themselves or the church, that they would stay members of the church? Well, and that's a whole lot about just being brave enough and honest. to walk out. You know, it's very hard for someone who has a very close-knit family to leave that, to yeah. leave that lifestyle and to uh, walk away. I mean, some people's employment that's true. is put on the chopping block. Uh, friends turn on you. Uh, for other family members. I have a friend whose mother won't speak to her because she left the Mormon church. 
And I think, oh my goodness, I was so blessed. I didn't have to deal with those, those very things. difficult things. And those are very human uh, experiences that are hard to go through. So you think maybe there's some people who see the differences from the Bible and the biblical Christianity and Mormonism and yet are dif have a hard time walking away? Oh, I think so. Difficult. I think very, very much so. And everyone has their own unique reasons. Yeah. I was blessed. I didn't have to deal with it. Yeah. It kind of all happened sequentially that I didn't have to deal with it. Well, I ended up raising my children, of course, and, and now it's come come to the end of that. I mean, they've all grown and left the, left the house. But I taught them, of course, the LDS way. Mm -hmm. And so that's been a challenge with a few of them to, uh, to try to turn that around. Unwind. And say, yeah, <laughs> try to have them yeah. understand. And the hard. last one is on, that you wrote about the five problems was the demanding expectation and conformity. And I think that's where guilt and other things come in, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I never felt like I was uh, worthy. I, I, even though I could go to a bishop and answer all of the questions satisfactorily, there was something wrong inside of my heart. As you answered temple questions? Temple, you mean, yeah, excuse me, temple questions. And, and I told my bishop once, I said, but I don't feel worthy. <laughs> and he says, that doesn't matter how you feel. But yet they base their whole church on how you feel. you feel. So there was a lot of, I don't know, it was oh, yeah. just hard. <laughs> but you felt like you were able to answer the question. Oh yeah, they were okay. But, they were but when they say, do you feel worthy in every way to, to enter the temple? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then it would just frustrate the bishop. <laughs> so. Well, one thing that uh, you mentioned about giving up was guilt and remorse. Uh, that must have been hard, though, as, as a family, as, as a family of seven, and an active husband, and and did you feel you were able to come through that well? It looks like, and but you did feel guilty or have have remorse. <laughs> well, I had remorse in my other life, but yes. I don't have remorse. No. Yeah. Of yeah. course, and that's what's interesting is is I still have my past, and I still. You know, when we do sin and when we, we go against God, no matter what religion we're in, sure. you know, we do have guilt, and guilt is a good thing. But when you learn that Christ, when you turn it over to Christ, I can't do anything to work myself out of my consequences of my sin. I can't do anything myself, no matter how, how many rules I keep, how many steps I take this way or that way. I will always be under the curse of sin. I am a human being. But when you say, but Christ took care of that. And that, that to me is the most liberating and freeing thing to a spirit. It, I am a sinner. I am still a sinner. Hmm. But still, I, I, I am under the covering of Jesus Christ, because I believe in Him. Well, I was going to ask you what the most important new thing you've learned in your Christian walk, and that's probably it, the grace and, that his and the, the blood works you can cleanses. Do. His blood cleanses, not my works, not my deeds. His blood cleanses me. And the only thing between you and 
There's nothing between you and God. There's nothing between me and God. No church, no man, no, no nothing. Nothing at all. That's a great relationship. <laughs> that is. That's what they call not ha not having religion, but having a relationship. Yeah, that's yeah. what it's all about. And I never understood that, Earl. I never understood that. No, I didn't either. Re the difference between relationship and religion. Right. And how but following, now I do. <laughs> a, following a religion of any sort that has rules and regulations yeah. is not... Uh, it's very legalistic and it's, yeah. very, it's very discouraging and no wonder people are so depressed. Yeah. And so having, having just the grace of Jesus Christ and His sacrifice and His shed blood right. to pay for our sins, we can turn our lives over to Him and, and that's all we can do is love Him. Right. That's all that's we right. have to offer. So what advice would you have to the LDS? You've got a minute here left in your life. Okay. Uh, what's, uh, uh, what's your advice to them? You know, I was reading a really good book, and I don't know if I can quote it exactly, but it says, What good does it do to run in the opposite direction down the corridor of a train when you've boarded the wrong train? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter how fast you're going. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If you don't get on the right train, the right train which is Christ, it doesn't matter how fast you run and how how you perform. If you're on the wrong train, you're on the wrong train. <laughs> and I guess what I'm wondering is why our, our dear LDS and why I didn't for so many years understand it, understand that. What I do you think know. it is? I think it's just a, Again, it's a deception. It's a deception. It's a de deceiving, deceptive culture mindset that locks you in and tells you you mustn't ever question. And boy, you need to question. God gave us a mind. We need to use it and explore it. He gave us good sense. We need to use logic. And boy, when you get in the Bible, it's all there. It's all there. It's, all there. Yeah. it's sufficient. The information in the Bible is sufficient for our salvation. Mm. That's wonderful. Uh, just a couple of questions to finish up, maybe. Um, that kind of called quick questions, I guess. Okay. Should the United States have a Mormon president? <laughs> you promised you wouldn't ask me that. Oh, I did? I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you don't need to be political, but I guess the intent is here is, is uh, do you think the Mormon president would have allegiance to the church greater than the United States? And would that depend on the man, perhaps? I I, yeah, I think it depends on the man. Yeah. I don't think so. I think there was probably issues when Kennedy was made a president that, that the Pope would be running our country. Yeah. I, I do not harbor those fears about a Mormon president. Oh, okay. Uh, are Mormons Christian? The mainstream, I would say no. And the reason? is because relationship versus rules and regulations. And religion is a bunch of rules. And uh, I think m many, many Mormons that I know are just living the rules. They don't know that wonderful feeling of relationship. And you mentioned about Jesus being our elder brother, of course, in Mormonism, but in, in the Christian walk, he's God. God with us, Emmanuel. Oh, absolutely. As he was born. And as you said in Isaiah 9 6, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And those were the same things that I felt uh, as I stepped back and realized what Joseph Smith had said about Jesus in both the Book of Mormon and some of these other, the lectures of faith and so on, that this was God. This was Almighty God. And uh, once you understand that, uh, 
And the Mormons don't believe that, of course. They of believe course. he's a, an improved man, yeah. sin, previously sinful man, but that he's just somehow attained godhood right. as opposed to, to worshiping an almighty, sovereign God. Yeah, and I'll choose to worship that one. I'll take my chances <laughs> with that. With the I feel God. much better with that, I do. Um, can a Mormon go to heaven? Uh, well, we're told in the Bible that if you don't follow the shepherd's voice, you will be found outside of heaven. How exact that rule is, but Revelation makes it clear that if you don't know the shepherd's voice, you will find yourself outside of heaven. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom so, of heaven. And, and that's... That's, scary, that's a bitter. Scary, isn't that's it? a bitter pill to swallow. You when still you, have a lot of members, family members in the church. I have loved ones that I would love to see come to a relationship with Christ, but you know it's not on my timetable. I take my petitions to the Lord, and I'll and wait. Trust him. And I'll wait. And trust Him. And I will. And I'm doing the same. Uh, my wife and I sure. were, we're trusting that uh, these are good people. They've been yep. deceived by the craftiness of man. Yep. The philosophies of men mingled with scripture, it says, in, in Robert Matthew's book, A Bible, A Bible. <laughs> and um, it just is our chance to... Uh, um, well, let me ask you this. If you had a favorite book to recommend to the LDS, what would it be? Oh. Outside the Bible, of course. <laughs> Anything um, that impressed you or influenced you? I think you? one book that helped me understand the triune God was... Uh, C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity. Really? Very powerful book. Um, there are, I mean, I just, I can't read enough. I mean, mm. I've just read Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book. Well, it was his life story by Metaxas. Amazing pastor who knew the Lord very well. Um, so and that was a good influence. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, very, very good. Well, C.S. Lewis is, uh, is quoted quite often. Oh, yeah. You know, he's, in he's, the, even in the church, I mean, in the LDS church. And then I have a favorite pastor. He serves in uh, New York City. His name is Timothy Keller. Mm. Anything he writes is just pure gold. <laughs> oh, Timothy Keller. Keller. Okay, uh -huh. I don't remember that. Okay, I, I kind of asked you this before, but uh, okay. You have one minute to live. What would you say to every Mormon on the earth? Oh, my. <laughs> Just, I just wish for you to know that God loves you like I know that God loves me, and in the way that He does. He does. And He accepts me with all my faults, and He takes the bad experiences of my life, and I'm hoping that He will turn them for strengths. Well, I'm sure and He I will. I trust Him for that. Elaine, thanks so much for sharing your story with me. My I pleasure. appreciate this. Uh, as a Mormon, if you've ever had a question about some doctrine or practice, think about uh, let it think about it. Uh, don't just dismiss it. Study it out. See if it isn't something that maybe God's telling you that there might be a problem here. If, if it's something that you're not understanding, there are answers. There are people who have done some studying and have, have both sides of an issue. Generally in the LDS Church you only have one side of an issue and that's the only side that you hear. And, uh, and sometimes when you're dealing with feelings you're not dealing with facts. And so uh, turn, turn your life over to God, and we suggest you read the Bible and, and ask Him to guide you. Um, and uh, in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 it says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. 
And if you have any questions or comments about our show, The X-Files, we'd love to hear from you at xmormonfiles.tv. We thank you and good night. This has been the audio edition of The Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an Ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon. Thank you.